our final guest today is uh, Senator Timmy Dooley. Timmy, good morning and welcome. Thanks very much. Morning. Good Jim morning. Good to, good to be back with you. Now, I just want to make sure that you're on the right mic. Yes. Okay. That's Sounds better. Good. That's better. Um, I suppose we, we, we asked you to, to come this morning. You know, what interested us, I suppose, last week when we were doing the local media this week was uh, there was a piece from you or about you in the, the Clare Echo, I think it was, in relation to ideas you had uh, to, I suppose, streamline the process whereby we are going ahead with um, on offshore wind energy and I suppose you were of the opinion maybe that the the infrastructure that's there, that's the, I suppose, the infrastructure within the government and within the the government agencies needed to be, you know, um, shaken up a little mm. bit. Yeah, I mean, look, look, there's there's a recognition that we need to take away fossil fuels from the generation of our electricity. Um, and that's effectively had been... In, in Clare in particular, you had coal imported um, from other countries um, and oil and gas to generate our electricity. Um, that, has been, uh, that, that, that has been the way for many years. And in recent years, we've recognised that we can't keep doing that, that it's damaging our atmosphere, it's heating up the earth, um, and it has real, uh, real negative potential. So we've looked at other ways of generating electricity. Uh, wind has been, without a doubt, the most favourable so far. Um, and some solar but a lot of the wind energy is captured onshore and that was fine where you had areas that were very remote with very few people living there now that has changed because a lot of those areas are already developed and communities are making it very clear including communities not too far from here that they don't want any more of that they don't want any more large turbines as they get bigger and potentially noisier in their communities and they're objecting to uh, the lands being developed for that. So, and kind of in tandem with that, people have started to look out into the Atlantic Ocean where the wind is blowing effectively all of the time. Um, and there's a vast area that's, a, that's, that's suitable um, for what's called floating yeah. um, uh, offshore wind. Now, it's been talked about for a long time and some of the big industry players, the big companies that can get a hold of the kind of money that's needed and can develop the technologies that are needed are saying that they want... Uh, government to do more and do more quickly so the vision, the big vision is there to capture the wind, to bring the electricity ashore, it does two things it powers Ireland, it gives Ireland an opportunity to export the massive amounts of electricity into other parts of Europe. But why um, is it not happening to me? Yeah, so that's what I suppose the point of, uh, that, that, you, that you're asking me is there, there hasn't been, um, in my view enough operational capacity put in place so there's not enough people that actually know what to do they like the idea of it it sounds great and there's been a lot of talk and not enough action would you like would you like the position of minister in charge oh i i i i'd relish that thought but that's a, that's <laughs> I a, know, no, that's a, that's another day's work but yeah. i mean it, it, you don't have to be I don't have to be the minister to try to drive the agenda. And what, what I'm trying to do is focus attention on how we might move things along. And how like it's, it's, be, yeah. So, so well, the first thing is you've got to put people in place that have experience and knowledge of getting things done. And whilst there's some wonderful people within government departments, they tend to look at more regulation, more policy, 
um, and not have the operational ability or the operational responsibility. And I just looked at things like we've seen it before. We, we, we've seen Shannon Development develop some great opportunities in, in the Midwest region. We see the Ent- Enterprise Ireland and the IDA who are very good at attracting companies. Enterprise Ireland in developing small Irish companies, but in, uh, um, IDA at bringing in big companies. And sometimes they work between the big companies and the government. At, at resolving issues and problems so that if you have Johnson & Johnson wanting to establish their business in Cork or Clare or wherever, the IDA get, they kind of become the grease in the middle or the oil yes. in the middle to yes. make those wheels turn. And the suggestion that I had made to government um, was that to give operational responsibility to getting this offshore up and running, this offshore wind capture up and running, because they very quickly will deal with all the big companies who know what needs to be done, so you what supports you, they need. I would be saying put a division within the IDA, give them responsibility for making this happen. Now, of course, it will require the government on an ongoing basis make you know doing other things, changing legislation, putting in place certain regulatory uh, oversight regimes, etc. But, but you would see this being driven by driven the IDA. Driven by the IDA. And I mean, they're very good at it. They have. They have. They've proved. They've proved themselves. Yes. I mean, we just in terms of say, look at the technology. The top big, the, the, the biggest five technology companies in the world, mainly U.S. owned and based, have their European headquarters in Ireland. You yes. know the yes. Oracle's, yeah. the Microsoft's, the Apple's, Facebook, all of them. Um, so they've the done it with the, the life sciences. They've done it with um, pharmaceutical companies. They're all they're all here. Yes. Now that's because the IDA looked at them, went after them understood their needs, understood their educational needs as well. It wasn't just with government. They worked with universities so that they had the appropriate level of graduates coming out to meet their future employment needs. So that's the kind of approach, in my view, um, that's now needed. I'd, I'd heard others suggest that maybe it should be a unit within a government department or under the T-shirt, but that's always the, de- the, the sort of the default position if something's not happening. Give responsibility to the T-shirt in the belief that the T-shirt can somehow force other departments to do it. I, I don't think that's really where the problem is. I think the issue is um, we we need an organisation that knows how to bridge the gap between industry and state and has experience, and the IDA have that in, in, in space. Now, you put your future on the line when you said publicly, unless this is done, and you were referring to the actual sewerage in, mm. in Broadford, it was a hugely risky uh, but brave observation okay mm. you got what you were looking for the, the delivery took place they're waiting down in Bradford with the shovel to turn it so it's a gamble that you took which appears to have paid off are there other gambles you could take? Yeah, the, 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 you measure everything at the time. I mean, the Bradford one was everything had been done. It had reached the final position. Um, it had been all the all the hurdles had been jumped. So it was effectively a done deal. There were two civil servants at the time trying to block it because in their on their calculator, it didn't represent good value for money. They were doing a desk exercise rather than a life exercise in the community. Good. And I looked at it and I said, it doesn't matter how you do these various different mathematical computations, it may never on your chart represent value for money, but go down and tell that to the people in Broadford. 
who want a, a house for their son or for their daughter and they can't build out in the rural areas they can't build in the village because there's no yeah. social so it was that was a, that was to me that was an easy one I, I didn't see it as 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 anything other than the right thing to do and the same applied in Curra Clare this is, I mean, an issue like this is much is much greater because you have to step, step, step. There may be some other way of doing it other than the IDA. So I'm not, I'm not hung up on it. It's, it's my idea. It doesn't mean that there isn't another alternative. But the reality is that the government are committed to the policy uh, decision to capture wind offshore. Um, they're making all the right noises. Um, and I, I know from talking to the ministers that absolutely their hearts are uh, and minds are in it. I just think that some people see it as ah, that'll be for another day and it isn't really for another day no. because if you want to get the benefits you start now so for us uh, here in Clare and it's not just Clare it'll, it'll be hugely beneficial to all of Ireland but certainly to the Midwest there's real job opportunities because as Money Point phases out from burning coal to generate electricity we've seen a fall off in, in employment now that has that's, that's reignited there are now contractors back there looking at you know, what needs to be now done to, to, to make that site suitable to bring the electricity ashore from the offshore wind farms. There's the potential, and it's, it's in planning, um, to convert electricity to nitrogen um, at night because the wind is blowing all the time or nearly all the time. We don't have big demand for electricity or not as big a demand for electricity at night. So rather than just, just letting it off un, un, unused, yeah. turn it into nitrogen so the ESB are developing really good plans uh, now there's a conference that I'm organising coming up on the 8th and 9th of February where the European Commissioner for Energy is coming over uh, she's an Estonian lady Kadri Simpson um, to talk about the potential for Europe uh, in terms of its electricity demand and need which will focus on coming from um, will, on coming from the 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 Atlantic. Now, what I'm trying to do with that is so obviously when she comes and says what she has to say, other big industry players will be coming to listen to what she has to say, um, and I'm just trying to get them here, get them to focus on um, the opportunities that are here, and hopefully start to sow the seeds a little bit deeper um, in in their minds around the opportunities that exist. Can we bring you back to the uh, which is. Well, very interesting what you're saying there. But can we bring you back uh, again to the idea of uh, an adjunct to the responsibility of the IDA uh, to have a section dedicated totally and completely because of its importance to, in fact, the... Um yeah, and, and I look at it in two ways, uh, John. If you look at the IDA, they have a section dealing with... Um, the pharmaceutical industry, yes. Uh, yes. the life sciences, the biologics, yes. all, all of that. Yes. And, and they've been hugely successful. You know, we, yeah. we have some in Clare. Um, we have the medical device. There's another section dealing with medical devices. So between Shannon and Galway, you have a cluster of medical device companies, Medtronic, um, there's Zimmer, many others that, that produce hips and knees, valves yeah. for hearts, yeah. all of that. Yeah. So they, they got them here. And they sorted out the problems. You've the same, as I said, with um, the technology companies, and they're here. So, 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 I think the, the 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 right thing here is for the IDA to have. And I've spoken to a number of people on the board of the IDA about it. Um, 
and how, how is it? How is yeah, it? they like the idea. They really do. Um, and now it'll obviously take a, a nod from government um, to you, the idea, <coughs> which we're pushing very hard as well because yeah. I uh, uh, have spoken to the the wind energy companies who who, who want to progress there, and, and they'd like that idea. Could I, uh, last week uh, it was announced that a, a significant section of the the waters of the south east will be circled for. Um, What's the word you're using? Uh, priority. <coughs> priority. Yeah. 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 So, so therefore, that cuts out any um, any wind farm down off the coast at that particular point. Why did yeah. we? Well, there's two sides to it. There's two parts to that now. So what's talked about on the east coast, sort of between Dublin and Wexford, is what's referred to as fixed bottom yes. uh, capture. Yes. So yeah. so they're anchored onto the or they're they're they're, they're built on sandbanks. Sand yeah. So they're they're down in the water. Yeah. So, so that's that's cheaper, and that will produce. We need that too, and that will that will happen before what happens in the Atlantic. But what we now need is like to get to get what's referred to as floating offshore, which is yes. out into the Atlantic. Um, you're looking at probably eight years away. So we need to start now. The stuff in the southeast will happen more quickly because the technologies are there for doing it. Um, wh- what what's been talked about here is putting these very large wind turbines out into the Atlantic actually floating uh, on the, the, the surface of the Atlantic. Now, there's tethers or wires yeah. that will go all the way down to the very bottom, very, very, very deep down, um, and that's just to keep them in play. But they, they will move around in the water. They're not going to be fixed to the bottom. And that's relatively new technology. There is some trial projects going on off Scotland and up off Norway, mm. um, and that's why... Uh, and there's, there's one in, uh, off Portugal... Um, and they're really only kind of pilot projects. Mm. The first big commercial deployment in from where it's at at the minute will be off West Clare. Um, the ESB have the have the the project um, and they're developing it. But there's so many steps to be taken. And whilst the vision is strong, my concern is that because there are so many operational things, the areas have to be mapped first of all. Um, and there's a limited number of people in Ireland that can actually. Uh, do that mapping yeah. so w- we've got to designate certain areas in the Atlantic for m- marine protection because you don't want to damage um, the ecosystems that are out there either yes. because you know impact on fish life whales and dolphins and all of that biodiversity which we're now only realising that we have damaged so much of our onshore um, biodiversity over the years because we maybe overly develop certain farmland and practices without cognizance without giving due cognizance to nature and we're now trying to retrofit that and that's that's fine are you in any way attracted towards the uh, idea of the state having a percentage share yeah and the state will through the esb um because obviously the esb are the first to put their put their 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 um their oar into the water if you want and part of that is because they know they have to stop doing what they're doing in Money Point, the burning of coal. Yes. Um, but it's a very attractive location to try to capture the renewables. Yes. Because what they have in, in Money Point is two uh, high voltage lines to the East Coast where most of the electricity demand is. And I think we'd all accept that the chances of ever getting to build from any other part of the country, um, that kind of high voltage line would the objections that would take place now from putting up those pylons would go on forever and a day. Yeah, when so they're there, at when the they're moment. there, well, people have accepted them and they've 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 made their peace with them, and and, and that's not going yeah. to change. So, so that's the big asset. That has been the big the big positive from Claire's perspective. Um, is now turning that 
that facility into a into a much more environmentally friendly facility mm-hmm. but then it brings the electricity to, to, to where the demand is and there's real potential for jobs there um, but we're not short we're not short of, of uh, uh, jobs it's not a problem but it might be I suppose it is, it, we're not short of jobs in Ireland but yet what we're short of in, in rural parts of Ireland and particularly in like the likes of West Clare yeah as people who worked in Money Point made their lives there, built their homes and that, they've educated their children or they're in the process of educating them and there's, what's the next phase? Uh, you know, do they do they go to the East Coast like a lot and what brings them back? They go elsewhere for education what brings them back? Well, they'll come back if there's good jobs and there will be good jobs in the next 10 years Could around I that. Could I throw on that jobs? There's a shortage of teachers, correct? Hmm. That's a national uh, agreement. Hmm. We are short of the, we're short of other uh, professions as well but there's a shortage of teachers can be solved if you were if you were the minister for education it can be solved overnight by accepting that teachers that went abroad and are still abroad okay are what's the word I'm looking for um, they're looking for recognition if they've spent 10 years teaching in Saudi Arabia or 10 years teaching in Australia, okay, they are not, if they want to come back to Ireland, they are not given any, any now, recognition for the 10 years teaching. In the name of all that's good and holy, Timmy, a blind man would see how utterly stupid that failure to grab that opportunity is. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree at all. I, I, like, I know the curriculum may be different in, 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 in the two jurisdictions, but some kind of a crossover course could, could be adapted. Mm. I think where some of this hits the ground, um, whilst you and I might accept that it's a no-brainer, and, and maybe the minister would as well, unions sometimes put their oar in and feel that, you know, if you make it easier for some to come back, does it impact on, if I'm teacher A, does it impact on me getting promotion, etc. So there's there's things like that that sometimes at union level is very difficult to organise, but I think it does need to be resolved because there are people, I mean, they're in contact with me all the time who'd like to come back. Um, they've made some money. They get Teachers yeah. get very, very well paid out there. I think we also have to look at how we pay, and I think we had a conversation about this before, how we value certain trades and professions. Like, we, we pay mm. a consultant an awful lot of money because we think they're highly educated, they've spent a lot of time in college, and they have, and they've made sacrifices, and they are very bright in nature. But I've always contended, like, if if, if the rubbish doesn't get collected from the streets of Scarif for for two or three weeks, look at the impact that it'll have on on, on everybody. And if it goes, if the sewerage system isn't working, look at the impact. So sometimes we have to revalue Yeah. Would you have a look at it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's an easy one. Yeah, yeah. Timmy Doody is the man who solved the shortage. <laughs> can I ask you? Uh, we've only a few minutes left, Tim. Can I ask you about Shannon? Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on Shannon? And it see, things seem to be going well. Well, they're go- things have improved dramatically in Shannon from a very low base as a result of COVID. Um, so they're building back. I think maybe slowly but carefully. Um, and the focus is now on passenger numbers through the airport rather than on how well the um, the business zone is going down there because that's that's doing very well. A lot of people employed and they're they're changing and upgrading buildings. But I, I've always measured Shannon not by just the the sort of 
buildings and new companies coming, which is really important from an employment perspective. But a lot of them are just, it's not related to the airport at all. Some is. Um, but it's getting passengers through. So Mary Considine is doing a great job down there. Um, she's, she's married to a, well, she's from Lissy Casey. She's married to a fecal man. That's right. Um, so we, we like to think that he takes some credit for that as well in, in, in guiding her on, on her off days. But um, so, so, so that's, that's going well. The, the government have continued to support it, put significant monies in again this year for the coming year to allow the airport to offer deals to open up new routes and support existing routes. And look, uh, nobody's ever satisfied with Shannon because they think there should be a flight to everywhere they want to go. And that's not possible with the small population base. But, you know, the American flights are strong, which is really important. Um, we do need to see more links into Europe, for sure. But I know Mary and her team are working on that. So it has come through various different economic crashes. It has come through COVID. It has come through the ash cloud, all the various different things that have happened in aviation um, and it's still finding new markets and it's still it's still operational so what that says to me it's resilient the airport has been able to weather all sorts of challenges and and it's still growing and and developing in 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 different markets and that's that's really a sign that it's there for the future Um, like there's good opportunities now because Dublin Airport has reached what's referred to its cap. Yeah. It's capped at between 32 and 33 million passengers. Well, they want to increase that. Well, they do. And look, that'll happen in due course too. There's no doubt about that. But in that period of time, um, there's an opportunity there for Shannon now to try to capture that. Although, even though everybody likes to think that if you put a, put a lid on Dublin, Shannon and others will, 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 will develop. And that's not always the case because airlines have aeroplanes, and the way they make money is if the airplane is full. Um, yeah. So when they're wondering, will, will we put another route or two into Dublin? Will we, will we base an aircraft in Dublin because there's so much population there and we do X number of flights on it? And if we don't put it in there, where else could we put it? Um, it might that, be Shannon. But that's the point. Mm. It could be Manchester. It could, it could be. <laughs> that'd be nice. Uh, it, it, but it more likely would be another country because they're looking at where will where can they fill their airplane easy. Oftentimes people think, well, if we didn't have another flight from Dublin to Stansted, maybe they'd put it from Shannon to Stansted. But then that's that's not how they plan their their their, their business, unfortunately. Yeah. Just forestry. Yeah. I'm putting down as an area that definitely needs attention, yeah, and particularly in county It's just like a clinic. Th- it is, but the, yeah. the issues that are raised at the clinic, there's two things in forestry at the minute that, that, that needs to be resolved. The first thing is, is this ash dieback. So effectively all the ash in the country has died. Farmers invested both land, time, some money, lots of energy, in a belief that there'd be a, a crop that would deliver a nice pension or a reasonable pension absolutely, at absolutely, some point. Yeah. Ash died back through no fault of the farmer came into Ireland and has effectively eliminated their, yeah. their, 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 the, the, pension. The, the pension and their crop. So we need to find a compensation programme that meets their needs. And there's a lot of work done on that, but, but there hasn't been enough work at government level. Now okay. you have the idea. Listen, uh, I, just I, I, there's only seconds. Second. We're going to be cut off, John. All right. So, the, teachers, the teachers and, and we the have, idea. I have a lot of homework to do before I go back to We have 40 <laughs> seconds left. Listen, first of all, to me, thank you very much for, for coming in. You could have been here for two hours. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. We would have um, had, but thank you so much for, and, and good luck with the thank IDA idea uh john s many thanks to you for <laughs> joining us this morning uh thanks Welcome, jim